Chapter Nine of Thy Soul Shall Bear Witness by Selma Lagerlöf. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Chapter Nine: The Driver's Prayer. David Holm leant on his elbow and looked round about him. All the street lamps were extinguished, but it had grown light and the half moon was shining. He had no difficulty in assuring himself that he was still lying in the church shrubbery on the withered grass plot overshadowed by the dark branches of the lime trees. Without a moment's reflection, he began getting to his feet. He felt absolutely weary. His body was stiff with cold and his head swam. But he managed somehow to raise himself up from the grass after which he began stumbling in the direction of the avenue so near was he to falling that he was obliged to steady himself against a tree i'm not up to it he thought it will be impossible for me to be there in time not for an instant did he feel that what he had gone through was an illusion he had the fullest and most definite impressions left of the night's events i left the driver waiting in my house he muttered i needs must hasten he left the tree that he had been leaning against and took several steps forward but he was so pitifully weak that he sank to his knees then in this terrible moment of abandonment he felt something brush against his forehead he did not know whether it was a hand or a pair of lips or possibly the flapping of very thin garments but it was enough to ravish his whole soul with bliss she has returned to me he cried in jubilation she is near me again she is protecting me he stretched out his hands in ecstasy at being encompassed by the beloved's love at her love filling his heart with gladness even at the moment when he had returned to the earthly sphere, he heard footsteps behind him in the deserted night a small woman whose head was covered by a big salvationist bonnet came tripping by sister mary he cried as she was going past him sister mary help me the slum sister may have recognized the voice she shrank away and pursued her course without troubling about him sister mary i'm not drunk i'm ill help me to get home well she scarcely believed him but without another word she went to him helped him to rise and supported him as he walked he was once more on his way home but how slow was the journey all might be over by now the man stopped suddenly sister mary it would be a great boon if you would go to my home first and tell the wife need i tell her that you are coming back drunk as usual is she so unused to it david bit his lips and struggled on striving to the uttermost to increase his pace but his body half paralyzed by cold refused obedience soon he made another effort to induce her to hurry forward in advance of him i have been asleep and dreaming he said i have seen sister edith die i saw sister edith on her deathbed 
i have also seen my wife and children at home she is not in her right mind to-night i tell you sister mary if you don't hurry on before me she will do herself a mischief his words came weak and broken the sister made no answer as she persisted in her opinion that she had a drunkard to deal with nevertheless she helped him on he realized that she had won a hard-fought victory over herself in consenting to aid one whom she regarded as mainly instrumental in causing sister edith's death whilst david holm was stumbling along he became the prey to a fresh anxiety how was he to get himself believed by the poor woman at home who was so frightened of him unless sister mary at last they stood before the gate of the yard in which he lived and the sister helped him to open it now you can i suppose look after yourself she said preparing to go it would be very kind indeed sister mary if you would shout to my wife to come and assist me the woman shrugged her shoulders understand david holm on another night i might perhaps have looked better after you but to-night i have not the heart to do it this must suffice for the present her voice died away in a burst of sobs and she hurried away from him as holm made his way with difficulty up the steep flight of stairs it seemed to him that it must be too late and in any case how could he make his wife believe in him whilst he was almost sinking on the stairs from weariness and despondency he again felt that soft caress on his brow she's near me she's watching over me and he found strength at last to toil up to the top floor when he opened the door his wife stood right in front of him as if she had hurried to bolt the door to prevent him coming in on finding that she was too late she withdrew to the stove and stood with her back to it as though she had something there she wanted to hide and preserve she has not done it i've come in time with a rapid glance at the children he assured himself that was actually the case they are still asleep she has not done it i have come in the nick of time he said to himself he extended his hand to the side where the death-cart driver george had stood but a short time back he fancied that another hand clasped and pressed it thanks he whispered softly and his voice trembled a sudden mist came over his eyes he stumbled into the room and sank down into a chair he saw that his wife was watching his movements just as she would have done if a wild beast had entered the room she really believes that i'm drunk she too he thought a new feeling of hopelessness came over him because he was so unutterably weary and could not get dressed a bed stood in the inner room and he longed to stretch his limbs on it and not have to hold himself erect but he dared not go there his wife would carry out her fell purpose directly he turned his back he must stay up and watch her sister edith is dead 
he managed to say and i was with her i promised her that i would be good to you and to the children you must send them to the home tomorrow why are you lying his wife demanded gustavsson was here and spoke to captain anderson about sister edith being dead he said you had not gone to her david holm sank on to a chair to his own great astonishment he began to weep it was fruitless his returning to the world of thoughts to the world of closed eyes which weighed him down it was a paralyzing conviction that he would never get outside the wall which his own ill deeds had erected round him a yearning a boundless yearning to fuse himself with a soul which hovered over him a soul however which was beyond his reach which occasioned his tears whilst the heavy weeping was shaking him he heard his wife's voice david is weeping she said to herself in a tone of indescribable astonishment and again about a minute afterwards she repeated the words he is weeping she left the stove and approached him with evident anxiety why are you weeping david she asked he lifted up to her a face which was bedewed with tears i will reform he said with clenched teeth in a way which might almost have given the impression of his being angry i mean to become a really good man but nobody will believe me should i not weep then you see david it is so hard to believe it his wife replied dubiously but i do believe you now that you are weeping i do believe you now to give him a proof that she felt a renewed trust in him she sat at his feet and leant her head against his knees she sat perfectly still for a while but she too soon began to weep david started what you weeping also i cannot help it i can't be happy until i have wept away all the sorrow that lies in me at that moment david again felt that wonderful cold puff on his brow his tears ceased and in their place came a mysterious inward smile from the depths of his soul he had fulfilled the first duty imposed on him by the events of the night it now remained to him to succour the boy whom his brother had loved he must show such people as sister mary that sister edith was not wrong in bestowing on him her love he had to rise his own home from its ruins he must carry to mankind the driver's greeting then when all this was done he would go to the beloved to the object of his yearnings david sat on feeling exceedingly old he had become patient and submissive as the old are wont to be he dared not either hope or wish he clasped his hands and whispered the driver's prayer o oh god vouchsafe that my soul may come to maturity 
ere it be reaped. End of chapter 9 Read by Lars Rolander And thereby also the end of the book Thy soul shall bear witness by Selma Lagerlöf Translated by William Frederick Harvey Thank you very much for listening.